Hello and welcome back to the News Agent Podcast. My name is Andrea Warmington and I'm the Senior Content Strategist at Goodlord. And today I am joined by Samuel Fitzhugh from Setio Property Experience in Manchester. Hey Sam, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. How are you doing? Hi Andrea. Yeah, very well, thank you. Nice to be here. It's nice to have you. So when I first spoke to you a few years ago for NewsAgent, before we were even called NewsAgent actually, you had just co-founded Setio Property Experience. I think you'd been around maybe a year at okay. that point. Yeah. And the profile that we did on you guys was actually, and remains, one of our most popular profiles of an agency ever. That's uh, not true. No, it is true. <laughs> um, I think it's because... Yeah, <laughs> I think it's because you have such a different approach, uh, which was encompassed by the headline of the story, which was meet the Manchester agency incentivized to find tenants who will stay forever. Yes, I'm pleased to say no tenants have ever left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but could you uh, tell us a bit about Setio and your approach to property management? Sure, of course. Um, yes, yeah, so we're now we're now four years old and... Um, our business was born out of what we thought was a need for clients to have a really transparent, all-inclusive, friendly, honest, um, high service level experience with their investments, um, as well as, as tenants as well, but most importantly, the landlords, obviously. And we thought that was lacking in particular in the regions of the UK. We're based in Manchester. We operate in Birmingham and London as well. But primarily in Manchester, we saw that gap um, for international clients who don't necessarily have a great handle on what's going on with their property or, or what the legislation might be, and they needed a, a really um, reliable, transparent partner, and the old school, traditional way of agency um, didn't really suit them. Um, so that's kind of where we we tried to fit in, um, and we work with primarily new build city centre apartments sitting behind sales agents and developers to add value to their offering and to their their purchases. Yeah, that's us. Cool. And would you be able to describe your typical landlord? Yeah, sure. Um, Our typical landlord is probably based in Southeast Asia. Um, A professional investor likely with two or three flats um, in the UK, probably with some investments in other countries as well. And they are busy people. Um, they're probably running their own business or similar. Um, they want a agent who can do everything for them, take care of it, do things properly, make sensible decisions on their behalf, and produce them with a really transparent, correct, easy statement each month, access to um, a portal and technology that can make their experience really streamlined and view what they need to at any time of day, contact and meet somebody on their time zone when they want to, um, and uh, yeah, just have a, a hassle-free um, experience, which I guess, to be honest, is what a lot of agents try to offer. But I'd, I'd like to think that we uh, we, we deliver in, in most cases. Do you think there's anything you guys do differently that helps you to deliver that experience? Yeah, I think a lot of it is is people. We do invest a lot in our people and try and be you know the most helpful, friendly, experienced, and honest people that, that we can be. Um, but it's a big combination between that and um, our approach and um, really lining up our expectation and our um, demand of the property with that of the landlords. Um, We line up our business from sort of stage one of creating our business. We lined it up with what a landlord wants. So, you know, when a tenant moves out, um, it costs us money. It doesn't make us money with a lot of agencies. 
when uh, a tenancy is agreed, we preempt the renewal and the extension and we, we find out what those tenants' intentions are. When we do an inspection at a property, we don't just relay it to the landlord, we give them our honest sort of opinion and advice on what should maybe be done to lengthen that tenancy or improve the quality of the property. Um, and we don't mark up any of our work so the client knows that we're doing it out of their best interest not to make ourselves an extra an extra 10%. Yeah, an involving technology such as Goodlord and um, and our um, CRM system and um, our virtual walkthroughs and things like that. That you know they are big investments. They cost us a lot of money, um, but being able to offer that for our clients so that they can really feel like they're really involved from being on the other side of the world. I think that's one of the most important aspects of it. Yeah. And with COVID and so many of your landlords being based overseas, does that have any impact on? on your communications or because you already have these processes in place was it quite easy yeah we were quite fortunate actually I think because we had a lot of this in place um a lot of what we do can be done remotely um, and also helped on on the UK end in terms of doing viewings remotely or, or trying to transition into video and virtual tour and things like that we did a lot of that already so we were quite fortunate in that regard um, and as a fairly small business um we didn't have too many major issues with sort of people and trying to reorganize that the business as a whole and um, so I think largely it was we were fortunate in that sense but our clients especially on that side of the world where you know they um, they'd experienced SARS in a big way before and they were kind of familiar and ready to go into lockdown and and you know abide by all these rules and um yeah they they really valued having us there to um to assist and give that advice in these difficult times but also they were they were sort of they knew what to expect in a way and they were very understanding you know there was a lot of um negotiation with tenants and helping them with payment plans and you know deals do fall through and properties are harder to let and prices might have to come down but i think yeah everything that we had in place and the infrastructure and the relationships that we have with our clients which are so close enabled us to kind of overcome those issues reasonably smoothly yeah, it's kind of like you had a bit of a head start. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of agencies that are using a lot of that technology, but I think there were some that definitely weren't. Yeah, I think so. We, we were definitely fortunate in that sense. And I think also when it came to that, to be honest, outside of the technology, the clients, they just want to be able to speak to a person on the ground in the UK or somebody that's, that is in contact with the team on the ground here and understand what's going on and have like the honest representation of the issue, how we overcome it. They don't know, you know, they're in their own country with their own problems. Their businesses are having issues um, and they just need to know that whatever's happening in the UK, we're taking care of it. We're working in their best interests. And I think we we really try and build that relationship with our clients from day one and make sure that uh, we trust them, they trust us. And that means that when there are these problems, whether it's just, you know, one tenancy falling through or a global pandemic, you know, we're kind of well placed to to handle that and avoid us losing the client um, and make sure that, you know, it's lettings. Things go wrong all the time. Um, It's inherently problematic. But uh, as long as they know we're doing the right thing by them and and they can communicate with us all the time, that's what they appreciate. Yeah. And something you mentioned last time, I'm not sure if you still do this, is that you have an all-inclusive fee structure. Are you you still doing that? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of our major USPs. We've seen one or two people do a similar thing. I wouldn't um, point them out as copycats at all, of course, (laughs) but um, it's still pretty much unique in what we offer. Um, We've been forced into separating our insurance um, package. We used to include that. um, But obviously with COVID, it's got a huge amount more expensive. So we have been forced to take that out um, and we do that slightly differently now. But 
everything else that we do is completely inclusive for the client. And that's something that they really, really love. Sometimes when a client moves to us from another agency, we explain that. We say, you know, there's no lettings fee, there's no inventory fee, there's no extra fee for referencing, or when the tenant moves out, or if you want an extra inspection or an annual statement, you know, we don't charge for any of that. And they sort of nod along and they agree and they they get on board with us. And then quite commonly, sort of six months or a year later, and we're sort of in touch to say, oh, by the way, your um, safety safety inspection, your electrical safety inspection needs doing. Um, here's a certificate, it's all done, we've paid for it, there's no fee, for example. Um they'll be sort of say, oh, do I not have to pay for this? Is there a charge? And we keep reminding them, you know, no, this is, you know, you pay a slightly higher percentage than maybe the average agency charges, but you have that peace of mind. And as they stay with us, we're really pleased that it's been received the way we wanted it to, is that landlords really start to value it and they start to talk about it and it is quite unique. And um, uh, people, you know, they refer us to other clients, obviously, and and that's a big way that we've, we've grown the business and people really see the value in that. Um, and our team love it as well because as a side effect, you know, they don't need to worry about getting the money from the client before they carry out certain work or reference the tenant or, um, you know, the accounts team aren't chasing for fees all the time. We just get on and do it and um, the client's happy and, and we're more efficient. If it's something that the landlords seem to like and it's obviously easier for you guys, why do you think more agencies don't do it? I mean, obviously, I realize it's a USP for you, but yeah. it, does, it does kind of seem like the obvious thing. I think more agencies will start doing it. I, it to be honest, um, <laughs> you have to be better at what you're doing because it can be less profitable. So if you have a tenancy changing every six months, we would we wouldn't make any profit on that property. If if you know we manage it for five years, and so the tenancy changes ten times over five years every six months, then we would be paying for check-ins, check-outs, inventories, cleans constantly. And you know our model means that we would lose out a bit on that. If that landlord had the same experience with the tenancies with another agency, um, every six months, the landlord would have a massive fee. Oh, we need a new inventory. We need to charge a new lettings fee. The landlord would spend a fortune over five years. Um, the agent would obviously have to relet the flat five times, uh, ten times, but um, they would get it paid every time. So all those third-party costs and the lettings fee and the checkout fee would all be paid. So they would actually make, in that scenario, that the old agent, traditional one, makes more money. The landlord loses way more money um, and we would um, make less money in that scenario. But the barrier for other agents doing it, I guess, is that we have to really back ourselves in that if we were to go and do this and not be very good at what we do and have loads of six month tenancies across the whole portfolio, we wouldn't have a viable business but because of the way we approach our work and the people we have and the strategy and the sales skill and the experience that we work with what we actually do is we make sure we get the best quality tenant on the best type of contract we can and so when our average tenancy length is more like 19 to 20 months then um our, it means our model works and we're heavily invested in keeping those tenants happy and stay and and uh, staying in the property and the renewals team you know we don't every time they leave in a normal agency scenario the la- the agent makes money so it's not it's not a problem you know yeah you've got to tell the landlord sorry they're moving out but it doesn't cause you any issue it actually makes you more money um whereas with us it's the complete opposite you know we're going to upset the tenant uh, the landlord sorry because the tenant's leaving and it's going to cost us a bunch of money so we invest a lot into those areas of the business that other agents wouldn't really be aware of and um, we want to make sure that the tenants are always really happy and that if they might not want to renew, we find out why. Can we change that? Can we improve something in the flat? And all of that comes hand in hand with making sure the flats are 
kept in the best condition for the landlord, meaning they likely secure good rents and good tenants consistently. And um, yeah, all those things, they're not easy to do, you know, for our, for us to ask our lettings consultants to not just secure a reasonable offer, but to really go above and beyond to make sure that we think these people are the best people. They're, they're definitely going to renew. They've just got new jobs here. They're having a baby They're you know, whatever they're, they're going to be staying for a serious amount of time and they're going to look after things well. And that's what we want in all of our tenancies. And, and like I said before, it's not, doesn't always work out. Um, but we really invest in that. And that's, I think, to be fair, that that's the hard part to do to make sure that the model like ours does work. If every agent just did all inclusive, it would quickly become apparent, you know, which um, types of tenancies make the business a viable one really and make profit. So how do you go about attracting these tenants and uh, further to that, to go back to the original article, incentivizing them to stay for a long time? Sure. Um, so I would, I would say it's not, it's not guaranteed. Of course, we do have our fair share of problems, but um, the initially starts with just, just great quality marketing. And I'm sure lots of agents do that and lots, lots do do a good job, but um, we heavily invest in that. Um, we make sure that every applicant in the market will come to us. We have great virtual walkthrough tours and professional photography and our speed to market for everyone is, is a priority for us as well. And ultimately, there's no difference between a tenant calling our phone and calling the phone of another agent. The only difference then is, is the person that answers it. Um, and our consultants here are trained um, really well. We have great experience to enable us to really analyze, is this tenant the right one for our client? And if they're not, we won't be afraid to say no. You know, We're happy to call a landlord and say, yeah, we've had a couple of offers and they're not good enough for you. We're going to keep going. And I think that probably just that very small mentality and that is really what makes the difference. Once obviously we source the tenants, we're quite, we try to make sure we secure long-term tenancies. We're not, we're not easy to be convinced that, oh, sure, just start with six months. A lot of agents will do that. Um, and we don't, you know, we want to make sure that the client's getting the best, best bang for their buck, I suppose. And then obviously we reference them with good lords, which um, gives us a great, um, uh, a great insight into their um, suitability. Um, and then from there, we, you know, we conduct suits, uh, regular inspections. We're very close to our tenants. Our property managers, they're not just there to answer the phone. If there's a problem, um, they will contact them deliberately. How are you doing? What's going on? We make sure we know um, how things are in the flat and, and what they're feeling. So, you know, if a tenant is going to renew, we often know very far in advance if they're going to leave or they have an issue and um, we'll know about it so we can try and rectify it in advance so i guess that they're quite small things really and hard to sort of pin down but it's a lot of the small things and it's really the people skill i think that helps us try to generate those those better quality applicants because there is a huge amount of demand in manchester we deal with loads more applicants than we actually transact with and so if we i think if all agents were just a little bit more picky and took a bit more time it's not always about the first tenant that will pay the asking price rent it's about the best quality tenant that will pay the market value and look after the flat well and stay um, for as long as we can force them to stay. <laughs> I think your point about property managers reaching out and checking in, that's amazing. That's like proper customer account management for yeah, I think tenants. it's quite rare in the industry. Yeah, and, and tenants love that, you know, and even if they're going to say, oh, actually, we're, we're falling out, you know, we're not having a great time as tenants, then at least we know and we can give out a heads up and we can, 
um, you know, get ahead of the problem. But yeah, I think that does make a good difference. And, and we get a lot of feedback from our tenants saying, you know, we, we just love renting with you. And a lot of our tenants that do move out because they need to upsize or, or whatever, they will come to us first um, without being prompted, which I think is, you know, that's a great sign of, of, of our service. I'm really proud of that. People will come to us and say, hey, we really need to move, unfortunately, but, but what do you have? Can we live with you? That's definitely something people say is unusual they're always like no people go for the property they don't go for the agent yeah and i think that's true they still we we really want to get to that point where people think obviously not we're not going to be a global business but if people in manchester are thinking i need to move house i want them to think i wonder what setio have give us a ring and then we won't have everything if we don't have anything suitable then they jump on the right moves in the zooplas that's where i would love to get it i'd love people to want to rent with us and, and we we do see sort of green shoots of that and we do see it happening which is fantastic and to have developers and concierges and, and other parties sort of pushing people our way quite consistently is it, really really great um it's really rewarding to see that happen but um yeah, the other the other thing to touch on, I suppose, which um, we may have talked about last time, was our um, tenant reward scheme to try and keep people uh, interested in Setio and wanting to rent through us as a, as a preference. And um, that's something that unfortunately COVID kind of destroyed, um, to be honest. Uh, but uh, it's something we really, really want to get back on track with. And um, we've got plans for, for later this year to sort of relaunch that and, um, and start making it a little bit more exciting to rent again. And I think just adding that little bit of buzz around the industry, like with so many industries, you know, if it's just something a bit different. If a tenant's looking to rent and they're sort of, oh, if I went with Setio, I might, I might win, you know, three months rent at Christmas or I might win, um, a, a, you know, a spa day every month. You know, what, let's, why not? Let's go and look at what Setio has first and then we'll go and look on, on Whiteroof. And I think that's, you know, the mentality we can try and, and foster a bit and then once we've got that working and we have real statistics on that and um, with that's another obviously thing for us to put in our arsenal and go to landlords and say look we have this is clear evidence so tenants will come to us first and hopefully that will obviously generate growth in the business that's super cool i wish my agent offered a reward scheme um <laughs> you've sort of touched on this but i'm really interested to know what your strategy is in terms of marketing to reach especially because your landlords are based overseas and then also to to reach these tenants that are, are the high quality tenants do you have any specific yeah. tips or tricks we get asked this question quite a lot which is quite interesting and people say oh what's your marketing budget and we don't actually um we don't spend any money on marketing really and um, that, that's not strictly true you know we do pay for the, the portals where we advertise the properties but in terms of landlord advertisement we don't um we don't have any adverts out there we don't put articles in newspapers or radio or tv or um anything like that all of our business comes through two main sources one referral at least 50 percent of our current base was referred to by from another client um it's either an existing client buying again and wanting to do that with us or it's them referring a friend or a family member and i think especially in the markets we specialize in where it's reasonably high-end business people who are professional investors they all you know they, they they're in those circles you know everyone they know is doing similar things and if you really impress them they will push you and you know put you in front of, of their friends and colleagues and that is obviously free for us to do and is so rewarding to have so that's definitely our biggest source and um the minute that we provide a poor service and that gets out there, obviously um, that will cease. So we need to really be on top of our, our game to continue that. And then secondary to that is our relationships with developers. So we put a lot of time and effort into that 
area. Me and Chris, my business partner, we used to work for a big developer in London before we did this. And um, we learned a lot from that. And positioning ourselves as a, a party that can add value to a developer's investors and their, their buyers and really improve what they're offering. Really, They're not just selling an apartment now. They're selling an apartment, an investment that's going to be looked after really well and that has good potential to give you a really good return and be you know sold in future and um, all by one team who are sort of known to them at the point of purchase. That adds a little bit more. And, and so a lot of our business we get through um, those initial introductions from a developer or a sales agent um, at that stage, which is, um, yeah, really valuable for us. And what about tenants? Do they just kind of happen upon you via the portals? Yeah, or? Tenants is more, yeah, more traditional, which I wish it was a bit cooler and we had something really exciting to say. But no, we just put really <laughs> good marketing on the portals. Um, we're lucky, you know, we, we do manage really high-end new build apartments. So inevitably people are interested in them. We're not trying to sell 10-year-old um, ground floor um, flats with, with no facilities. So um, we're fortunate in that sense. And obviously different businesses have different challenges. But um yeah, as a rule, we just, um, we market really well. We make sure everything online looks the part. Um, and we're very, uh, price conscious. You know, we're not going to, obviously, we're not going to undervalue anything. We work for the landlord. We need to get them as much money as we can. Um, but we're very focused on market value and we won't waste time putting adverts out there that are too expensive. We'll put stuff out there that we know the demographic will inquire about. We'll get lots of inquiries. And then with, with a good number of inquiries, that enables us to be really picky with which tenant actually secures the flat. So yes, it's mainly portal and advertising for tenants, as well as as we're growing in Manchester now, we are getting quite a lot of referrals from either existing tenants or um, concierges or building managers that are starting to partner with us in that sense as well. So that's um, that's quite exciting, yeah. That's really cool. What is the market like in Manchester at the moment? Right now, it seems really good. Um, obviously, it's been been rocky. But uh, yeah, we're fortunate. The, the city centre demand is strong. The student demand is really high. Everyone's fortunate, obviously, that most of the courses are, are back and running sort of physically at the universities. And we have such a huge um, student uh, demographic in the city um, for big universities. So uh, so whether or not we're renting to students or, or the private residential market, the professionals, um, the student market puts a lot of pressure on that, obviously. So it speeds things up, makes a lot of urgency. Um, we rented 27 apartments last week and about 15 the week before that. And we've I think we've done 18 so far this week. So it's our busiest ever month, actually. Um, it's really busy. That's Tenants follow stock and we have a lot of stock at the moment. So we do have a, a new building that we've just launched. So that's the reason for it being such a high volume. But um, yeah, nonetheless, it's, it's a, one of our, well, our busiest ever months so far. Yeah, the market seems really good for for the new build city centre developments where the main demographic is young professionals sort of age 22 to 30. A lot of them sharing two beds. Uh, that, that's our, our niche at the moment, really. It's really good to hear that after such a up and down kind of year and a half that it's looking positive yeah exactly they've been yeah challenging i remember when i was working from my bedroom sort of march 2020 and we'd, <laughs> um, just uh one of our staff had covid and yeah we were very very concerned but it seems uh, like a, a long time ago now we're um, we seem to be doing uh, back in the game as it were manchester's bounce back quite well i also think it sounds really strange to say this but in a way manchester's had an, almost a positive effect from COVID in some senses in that Manchester was already getting a lot of attention from businesses and individuals, mainly in London, looking to relocate or change quality of life or find a, a cheaper office building, for example. And, you know, Amazon already moved here and Sainsbury's were relocating the head office and um, all these things were going on. And then with COVID, all the staff 
you know, suddenly it matters so much less where they are. And at the same time, businesses are making less money or might have lost huge um, revenue streams. So they need to cut costs and they're escalating their need to move to a cheaper area and at the same time reducing their need for local talent because everyone can work remotely. And then the individuals are also thinking, oh, I'm allowed to work remotely. Why am I paying all this money to live in London? And Manchester really, for most people, is is the only really second city to, to London. You know, people will consider Brighton maybe or Birmingham and sometimes um, Liverpool. But Manchester, with its sort of really great connections to London, um, direct train, fantastic international airport, and then all the culture here, it is, you know, it is really, for me anyway, it's the only city I would consider outside London. And so I think those aspects have, have helped in a way that there is now quite a lot of demand and quite a lot more investment going into Manchester than, than has sort of um, sped up the, uh, the processes that were going on before COVID. And do you think that's a trend that's going to continue even as things hopefully keep getting back to normal? I think it will, to us, yes. I think it's opened everyone's eyes a bit to sort of, oh, well, actually, why, you know, our employees can work from home and be super productive. And on the individual side, it's, oh, actually, maybe I don't need to be paying to live in London to get the opportunities I want in my career. And people are starting to think that way. And and, re- and also money, you know, people have lost money, whether it's a business or, or a person, you know, everyone's been financially hit in some way by COVID. And um, London's very expensive. Manchester's a lot cheaper comparatively. And that will sort of foster it is you know foster itself because as more talent moves here more employers will deem it suitable to be here and that will just continue um and probably snowball a bit and i think it will yeah i think it will continue so my next question was going to be what what is your outlook for the the future of cto in the next next yeah. couple of years it's already sounding quite positive it is, yeah. I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> it is. Um, we're really proud of what we've done and, and try and stay sort of super humble and, um, and appreciate where we've got to. But I, and I think we are in a good place to, to continue that over the next couple of years. So we, we're not quite four years old yet. We, we started, our first tenancy moved in in March 2018. So we were actually only just over three years, if you think of it that way. And we've just moved in our 420th um, apartment. Um, so wow. growth is is really good. Um, we'll be well over 500 managed units by the end of this year. And next year, the developers that we've worked with so far are really happy. And they have some big schemes coming up um, in uh, next year, 2022. And so throughout that year, we expect to probably fill about another 400 or 500. So by the end of next year, we should hit 1,000 flats. Um, and we've just employed our, our 11th person um, in the UK. Um, and just opened our, our London office, admittedly very small, but just opened our, our London location in Waterloo um, actually just this week. So, yeah, hopefully the next year is, is exciting for us and things continue. Yeah, keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> That's very exciting. I will keep them crossed. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for your time again today, Sam. No worries at all. Nice to see you again. It's been great um, to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot.